Hey, my name is Melinda Russell, and I am obsessed with telling the stories of women involved in motorsport, young and older, from all walks of life, currently involved in a wide range of roles or sharing their stories from the past. I'm a wife, mother of four adult children, and a mamma of 16. In 2017, I was searching social media for a group dedicated to women in motorsports. When I didn't find what I was looking for, I posted a message to a few racing pages to see if any women would like to connect with me. And now I have thousands of women and men who are part of the Women's Motorsports Network. As crew chief of the only media company dedicated to women in motorsports, I work from wherever my travels take me, publishing this podcast, the Women's Motorsports Network News Online Magazine, and Let's Talk Racing Live, my social media show. You will hear from women who share their stories from the grid of life, how they manage the messy and memorable moments of family, work, and racing. You will hear their tried and true secrets of success and many other topics like friendships, family, hardships, and heroes that women deal with to balance the seasons of life. So grab your favorite beverage, pull up a seat, make sure you are comfy, and get ready to be inspired and encouraged from the stories on the Women's Motorsports Network podcast. If you're looking to buy, sell, or trade the stuff that strokes your engine, anything from truck parts to classic and muscle cars, RVs to hot rods, and everything in between, then check out our official classifieds at racingjunk.com. RacingJunk.com is the world's number one online racing and performance marketplace, the ultimate one-stop shop where you'll find what you need to rock your ride. If it belongs in your garage, it's for sale on RacingJunk.com. Log on to RacingJunk.com to find the gear you're looking for, sell your extra stuff, keep up on racing news and tech tips, and more. Again, that's RacingJunk.com. Hello, everyone. This is Melinda Russell with the Women's Motorsports Network, and we have two people on our podcast tonight, and you're going to be surprised because normally it's women on the show, but sometimes we have a bonus episode, and so when we do a bonus episode, that usually means that there's a man involved, and so um, tonight we've got Brad Smith and Jamie Wright who are going to be on our show. So we're going to find out a little bit more about each of them and how they got involved in motorsports. But first, Brad, tell us a little something about yourself. Well, I've been in ARCA racing since uh, 1988. Uh, It it was the first series I ever drove. Um, We really were just trying to get into the local late model stuff. And we sort of stumbled across a deal on an ARCA car. So uh, we bought it, and we've been running ARCA ever since. Okay. And how can I ask how old you were when you started racing? Uh, yeah, 20. 20. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Jamie, how did you get connected with motorsports? But first, tell us a little about yourself. Uh, well, I have uh, three kids. They're adults. And just... Really, there's not much. I mean, I'm just, I help Brad out with the social media and 
this is I'm the first one in my family that really got involved in motorsports. Okay. And how did that happen? How did that come about? Um, Brad called up a friend of friend of ours and when he took over for James Helton and asked us if uh, we could help him out. And it just kind of went from there. I've been with Brad, I don't know, five or six years, something like that. Okay. Yeah, at least. Yeah. yeah. And it's funny because the person we're talking about had given me his name and phone number years before I called him. And I was cleaning my house, getting it ready, getting ready to sell it. And I ran across this piece of paper and, you know, I recognized the phone number is not being too far away. And uh, I called it and I said, hey, do you remember me? And he's like, oh, yeah, I know who you are. And I asked him if he was still interested in helping us. And he said, yeah. And of course, Jamie came with the deal. So, okay. All <laughs> right. It, Sounds it, good. It's been a great relationship. It really has. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, as we as we all know, it takes more than just one person to, you know, have a decent race team, have a one that gets promoted in the way it should be promoted. Not all that bad stuff that we hear about. And right. so it's good that, you know, the connections we have in motorsports bring people into our life, into our team that can help us. So, Jamie, mm -hmm. you've been a, a good addition to the Brad Smith racing team. So I tried um, <laughs> for sure. So Brad, you've been racing Arca uh -huh. and um, never raced. Like, did you start? You didn't start in Arca. I know that. So where did you start and how did you become a race fan and then a race driver? Well, I started in Arca. Um, Actually, Talladega was the first track I tried going to. Um, I was interested in ARCA. We ran across a deal on a car. Uh, we bought it before the 1988 season. We bought it in, right at the end of the 87 season. And, you know, our intent was to start the year going to Daytona, you know, the following year. And, you know, like most people that are new to racing without much of a racing background, um, you know, we, we, we diddled around on the car. It wasn't ready for Daytona. Then we were going to go to the next race. We weren't ready for that. And, uh, I think Talladega was about the sixth or seventh races this season. And I told my brother, I'm loading the car and going down there just so I can go through the gate. I don't care what happens. We got to get started somehow. And that's yeah. what we did. We had no Dodge pickup truck that wasn't a tow truck and an open trailer and the back of the truck was about three inches. The bumper of the truck was about three inches off the ground by the time we loaded toolbox and all that stuff in it. But we drove down there, we went through the gate and that's pretty much how we started. Yeah. So you didn't do any racing at all prior to the ARCA car? No, just stuff on the street that you ain't allowed to admit to, but, uh, oh, yeah. you know, we, uh, no, I mean, ARCA was my first organized racing. Um, guys were starting to spend some pretty good money in late models at that time in my area. And I figured if I was going to spend that much, I'd rather get into ARCA because, you know, at least they had Daytona on their schedule. And, mm -hmm. you know, it, it was a pretty appealing, at least on paper, it was an appealing series to, to join. So we did and uh, we hung in there and, you know, we kind of learned as we went 
went by. I mean, I'm surprised we survived the first season knowing how much we didn't know now, yeah. you know. Um, but we hung in there and, uh, you know, a lot of people helped us along the way. You know, other race teams, they would point out to us a few things we could be doing better, smarter. Um, some people gave us, you know, they give us deals on used engines and cars and transmissions and stuff. So, you know, we, we were helped a lot by the other teams when we first got started. And that made, that made a difference. We never would have made it on our own. And isn't that true of motorsports in general? When I don't care what series you're in, if they see somebody new and struggling a little bit, you're often going to find people that are going to jump in and help and, and get you going because they might be competitive on the track, but when they see another person that wants to do well and, and is serious about it, then, you know, they jump in and they ask what they can do. And, and so, you know, that helps you, maintained throughout the years because that's that's a long run to be in the arca series correct yeah and you know we knew the struggles we had getting in that's why when we see a new team in arca we're not afraid to go over there and help them and you know they'll ask us a million questions and we'll give them you know the most honest answers we can yeah and uh it, it it's kind of, it's fun to watch somebody who you've mentored a little bit actually get a lot better and start doing real well um don't necessarily like them beating us then, but <laughs> you don't <laughs> want to help them too much. <laughs> right. But, that, but that's just racing. You know, yeah. I mean, it, everybody's going to kind of find their spot if they stick with it. And, uh, yeah. you know, we, we did that and uh, we like helping other teams do that. Yeah. That's great. So what's been your favorite thing about being involved in a race series? Well, obviously, we're in it for the racing itself. Um, you know, we love racing. Um, you know, when when you're a, a budget team going against the big teams, it, it's a tough struggle. Um, so it's the racing that gets us to the track. And I think it's, it's the, the fans and the, the other teams that keep us coming back. I mean, if we didn't enjoy it, we wouldn't struggle as hard as we do to stay in it. Right. So, you know, and, you know, we have our, in ARCA, you know, there's there's five or six budget teams like us and that go to all the races. So we call it the race within the race. If we beat yeah. all the other budget teams, we feel like we've won, like we've won. Yeah. You know, when we beat all the other legacy motor teams, uh, you know, it, it, it was a good weekend for us. And a lot of times when I'm leaving the track, I'll, you know, I'll think back and I'll say, well, would James have been proud of what we did this weekend? And when I can say yes, it was a good weekend. Okay. So who are you talking about that would be proud? Pardon me? Who who are you talking about? You said if James. You oh, James Hilton. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, James, okay. you know, he was a NASCAR superstar back yeah. in the 60s and early okay. 70s. And uh, he he's who I was driving for when he got killed. Okay. And we try and keep the team going, you know, in yeah. his honor and memory. Yep. That's great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that makes everything you do a little more special, doesn't it? It does. Yes. And, and yeah. you know, we get a lot of fan mail, people saying, hey, we're glad you hung in there. We're glad you're doing this for James. We're glad you kept the number going. Um, so, yeah, it means a lot to us. Yeah, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. So what does a typical day look like when you go to an ARCA race? Uh, if you're talking a day at the track, uh, 
you know, at a typical speedway race, the gates will open fairly early, like 6.30 or 7 o'clock. And then we're there just thrashing all day, you know, on a predetermined schedule uh, till about 5.30, 6 o'clock at night when, you know, when they, they, they kick us out. I mean, we'd stay all night and work on the car if we could. Yeah. But, uh, you know, they're, they're hired help and they have a schedule and, you know, they keep us on that schedule. So right. for us, it's trying to get better utilizing the scheduled amount of time that we have for certain things. That's what we need to get better at. And, you know, of course, part of that is having more money to work with. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's what we do. We just, you know, that's a typical day at the track. Okay. And, you know, let's talk about sponsorships because I don't care what age you are. I interview little girls that are six years old and mm -hmm. their parents, you know, take them to grandpa or um, businesses in their town to get sponsorships and it goes all the way up, you know, formula one, NASCAR, whatever you want to say. Right. Talk to me a little bit about, you know, what, what kind of sponsorships do you have and how do you go about either getting them introducing new people to what you're doing? Um, or is it coming out of your pocket? Well, I, I sure wish I knew something about sponsorship because we've never really had a major sponsor. Um, in our case, you know, once the season starts and we're, we're working on getting the car to the track every weekend, I really don't have time to look for sponsors. Mm -hmm. So that puts us at a big disadvantage compared to other teams. Um, you know, we've got uh, every once in a while, we'll get somebody that'll help us with sponsorship and, and they'll dig up a little bit of sponsorship. But you know, lately the sponsorships have been going to the young kids and yeah. nobody, nobody wants to talk to an older driver too much. So, yeah. you know, it's been just money coming out of my pocket. Of course, we turn all the winnings that we get from ARCA back into the race team too. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that's the area we've been struggling in and that's why we're a small team because we don't have a sponsor. Yeah. And, you know, it's pretty much the same story for the other, the guys we race against. Mm -hmm. They're, they're, looking for the same sponsors we are and yeah you know we really don't have professional help in that area so to speak yeah so um oh i just lost my train of thought what i was going to ask you about the sponsorship part so when you do you work on sponsorships at all in the off season or have things just you're you're kind of like where you are this is how things have gone this is you know, you're able to keep racing every week, right? So yeah. as long as you're able to do what you love, is that more important than maybe the sponsorship part of it? Just because some people just can't not race. They want to be out there. And right. I feel like you're, you know, you've been doing this long enough that you would really miss it if you weren't there every weekend. I would. I mean, it, you know, you spend more time with your racing family than you do your regular family. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a lifestyle. I mean, people, I'm sure you've heard people say it's a lifestyle it and is. that's not a cliche. I mean, it, it determines what you do on weekends. It determines the type of house you live in. It determines the type of street cars you drive. I mean, your, your life really revolves around racing to a, a, a huge extent. Yeah. Um, 
That's I guess, true. Well, I guess I wouldn't be flat broke if I wasn't racing. That would be nice. But, uh, <laughs> you know, we just we put all our eff- money and effort and resources into racing. So we just yeah. keep going and we're going to keep going till we can't anymore. Yeah. You know? And every year we think it might be our last year. But I guess with Daytona as the leadoff race, that kind of m- makes you try a little bit harder. And uh-huh. then once the season starts and you've been at Daytona, you just keep going. Right. Jamie, don't don't go anywhere. I'm going to get to you. OK, <laughs> she's just sitting there patiently waiting. She's just laughing. So at me. tell tell me a little bit about your car. Um, you know, what kind of car is it? What color is it? What's the number? How did you choose the number? Tell me some of those things. Well, all of our cars are red number 48s because that's what James was running in Arca. So okay. we've kept that tradition going. Um we're trying to advertise as much as we can to try and get him into the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Um, James was a three-time runner-up in points uh, to Petty, Petty twice and uh, Pearson once. Uh, he was Rookie of the Year in 66. Uh, he had a ton of top 10 finishes. Um, he, and he was just a very smart guy. You know, he didn't have a lot of education, a lot of formal education, but he was a very smart guy at figuring out race cars, what made him handle. And he, and he was good at being able to get to the track on very little money. And that's where he and I had a lot in common before I started driving for him. In fact, you know, he and I were pretty much prime competitors against each other. And, uh, you know, we always liked James, but we always wanted to beat him too. So, you know, he liked that competitive spirit. And then uh, when he needed a driver and I had dropped out of ARCA for a season, uh, he gave me a call and asked if I would, you know, go to the track and, and drive a race for him. And I did. And he and I just got along because, you know, I had been in his shoes, at least as far as trying to run ARCA full time, not having any money. What does it take to get a car to the track? Mm-hmm. You know, the, some of the shenanigans you pull just to get there, um, you know, sleeping in your own truck on the road, things like that. I mean, James did it. I had done it. You know, I, I understood that on his budget, we weren't going to be winning races. We were going there to compete, just do the best we can with what we had and let the chips fall where they may. So yeah. James and I got along very good in that aspect. He knew I wasn't going to tear his stuff up because yeah. I knew how much it cost to fix it and right. the effort it took to fix it. So, yeah, yeah, we got along real good. Okay, that's awesome. And good memories you made, too, when you were doing that. Oh yeah, absolutely. James James was, you know, James was a true Southern gentleman, you know, fun to be around. He was competitive. Don't get me wrong. He could, uh, he could yell at us when we screwed up, (laughs) but uh, yeah, he, uh, he was nice to work with, good to compete against. And uh, it it was a privilege and an honor to drive for him. Yeah. So tell me about your crew. Well, it, it, it's an all-volunteer crew. Of course, we don't have the money to pay anybody. Um, and I'd like to say it's all local people, but everybody seems to live about two hours away. So that makes it tough for working on the car. Um, but, you know, everybody does what we have to do to get to the next race. Uh, there's a lot of sacrifice on the whole crew's part. You know, during the week, it's primarily my brother and myself working on the cars um, you know, and it's a big sacrifice for him too. Cause you know, right after work, we're working on the car till 
you know, he gets up at five in the morning to go to work. And, you know, a lot of times we don't get to bed till 11, 12 o'clock. Mm -hmm. So it's a big sacrifice. And then everybody does what they have to do to get to the track. Um, you know, anybody that can ride with me obviously rides with me. But a lot of times people have to go on their own. And then depending on where we race, what region, um, you know, like for the East kind of races, we have the guys we call the Jersey boys that live in New Jersey and they'll come to the tracks like Pocono. Uh, when we were running New Jersey raceway, they'll come to uh, Bristol. They'll come to Dover tracks like that. Uh -huh. They all travel on their own dime. You know, they all get their own hotels and stuff. And I couldn't do it without people like that. Yeah. And then, you know, you got the people around me like Jamie, you know, my brother that Dave DeFord, they go to the local or, you know, more of the Midwest type tracks when they can. And then I know a few people kind of out West that go to the uh, like Kansas City uh, tracks like that. I even have a friend that lives out in Phoenix and I, I crash with him when we're out in Phoenix and that makes for a pretty long week. Yeah. And then have you ever raced at Berlin? Oh, yeah. 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 We like Berlin. A little Michigan, a little local Michigan track here. We're about two yeah. hours away from it. Uh, I know Johnny Benson's family owned it at one time and they were, you know, it was a pretty popular track here in Michigan. And, you know, yeah. we go to Berlin. We've had a good race or two there. And, you know, of course, we've had a few bad ones. But, yeah, it's, <laughs> a, it's nice when a racetrack's only a two-hour drive for us. Yeah. And so I live a little over an hour from there, but I live south. So I'm in Kalamazoo. Okay. Oh, so, okay. Um, yeah. yeah. So um, it's a, it's a great track. I, I like going there to watch the races. It's, it's a good, it's a good track. Do you have a favorite track um, in the series that you've raced at? You know, I like them all because they all have a different personality. If I had to pick my absolute favorite, I would probably say Daytona just because it's sort of like the Super Bowl every year. Yeah, but uh, all the different tracks, there's always something unique about them. There's always a history about them. Uh, they all have great fans. I've never been to a track that didn't have a good fan base, be it a big mm -hmm. track or a small track. And yeah, uh, you know, we just meet great people at the racetracks. That's true, and really, especially, you know, when we're talking somebody that's been in the series a long time, and and people, you know, let's just say the people near Berlin, I'll always go to the ARCA race at Berlin. They get mm -hmm. to know the drivers that come year after year, whereas right. some of the young ones, they come and go. They're here a year yep. or two, they're gone. They're, and, and so, um, you know, I would think that that would make it more special because people start to recognize, um, you know, oh, Brad Smith is back racing and, and they get to be fans because you come back year after year so. Yeah, when we go to the autograph sessions at the small tracks, there'll be a 20, 30 people that'll come up during an autograph session and say, hey, I know you've been coming here for years. How do you like the track? You know, how do you like the fans? And yeah. uh, again, we wouldn't be doing it if we didn't enjoy it. And uh, right. like I said, there's so many fans and, you know, I wish I could remember them all. Of course, I can't. No. But uh, they're all they're all good people. Um you know, I, I can't say enough about race fans. I really yeah, can't. I, I agree with you there. So do you have a most memorable moment in your series or in your career? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've got a number of them. Um, obviously, your, your first 
couple races are always memorable because it's like, okay, I finally, I'm finally getting there. Um, I know before I, just before I got into racing, I went to Buck Baker's driving school. And uh, when we were there, you know, a couple of us were, you know, racing pretty good on the track and the instructors don't like you racing too hard at those driving schools. So they pulled us all in and they came over and, you know, they said, Hey, you know, not so hard. And Buck Baker, Buck Baker came walking over. And of course he was in his eighties at this time. And he said, just let them go. They know what they're doing. And that felt good for someone like Buck Baker to say that, Uh, you know, meeting someone like Richard Petty, of course, I will always remember that. Uh, Again, James Hilton, you know, I had always watched James, Uh, you know, he was part of the winged warriors, which was Mm -hmm. kind of my favorite area era of racing and, you know, finally getting to meet him in Arca and then eventually driving for him. That was, that was cool. That was special. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Because yeah. he could have chosen anybody, you yeah. know, and he, he chose you. And so that's pretty special for sure. He did. Yeah. And we were together five years and we, you know, we'd have been together as long as he was bringing a car, you know, I was going to drive it for him. And, yeah. uh, you know, and I was putting all the money I could into the deal. It wasn't just, okay, I'm going to drive for James and let him pay for everything. We, right you know, we just pooled our scarce resources and, you know, came out a little bit better for it. Yeah. So, so Jamie, are you awake back there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, I'm going to ask, I, I want to know this from both of you, but I'm going to ask you, Jamie, you know, I interview women, 99% of who I interview are women. And one of the things that I always ask them, and then Brad, I want you to answer this too, after Jamie, do you think that motorsports is a good sport for a woman to be involved in? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's not, I don't really see a difference if it's a man or a woman, if you can do it, then go for it. I mean, it's a sport that to me, for somebody that's, you know, coming into it where have no clue anything about motorsports, I've learned so much from Brad and the other guys and, and the, um, the other drivers and everything, it's, to me, it's one of those things, if you want to do it, do it. It, it's definitely life-changing. <laughs> yeah, I think it is. So Brad, now you're uh-huh. on the spot here, but, um, how do you feel about all these females getting into the sport? And when you race, do you race again? I know you race against them because they're in ARCA. Um, how do you feel about them? Because this year there was quite a number of young gals in the ARCA series. Oh, yeah. Well, in and I mean, women in racing, as far as drivers, pit crew members, uh, you know, team members in the office, even if they're not drivers, there's always something women can do in motorsports. Um, the one person I'm thinking of, I don't know her last name, but her first name's April. She's a tall, real thin girl, and uh, she does the tires for Venturini now. Um, but okay. she's been a tire girl in ARCA forever. And, I mean, I, I'm 190 pounds, and when I take four tires over to General on a cart, I have a hard time pulling that cart to me and getting it, get you know, mm-hmm. getting it teetered back. I don't yeah. know how somebody 50 pounds less than me does it. Right. She does it like it's nothing. And I mean, yeah. she goes there and she works as hard as any of the tire guys there. 
And, and uh, I admire her for that, you know. Yeah. Um, and as far as the women drivers go, you know, that's fine, too. They, uh, you know, I don't want to say anybody can wheel a car, but a woman can do it as good as a guy. You know, it, it, it's like anything. It's a matter of practice. Yeah. You know, you, once you do something for a, a while, you, you know, you're going to get good at it. You know, you're going to. Yeah. That gender isn't going to be a huge difference. And nowadays, you know, the cars have power steering and things like that. So, I mean, it's not like you're wrestling a bear or anything like that. No. It's just, you know, can you develop the stamina to stand the heat for two or three yeah. hours? You know, absolutely. Because the heat, right. the heat is one of the things that's that's tough. Um, one of my good friends that I met hmm, five, six years ago. And she was the tire specialist for, at the time it was JTG or it's, it's the Doherty team, whatever J, I don't know. It's got three letters in the, in the NASCAR series. And she was a tire specialist and she weighs all of about a hundred pounds. Right. And same thing. She would whip those tires around and they're heavy and and she'd be there from you know six or seven o'clock in the morning and sometimes till way after dark on a really really hot day and i just admired her so much and you know she was young she was in her 20s when i first met her so um you know there's there's no job really that the women can't be a part of if they want to and if they practice and set up their you know um their strength their endurance um there's a, a gal in, uh, I think it's Xfinity that decided she wanted to be the gas person. Yeah. And so she, you know, worked hard and she's been doing the gas for some teams this year. So, yeah, um, that's yeah. infield Jen. She's a friend of ours too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. She, yeah. She wanted to gas bad. She wanted to give it a try. She worked out and, uh, you yeah, know, she does fine. So. Yeah, she does. So, Jamie, tell me uh, as far as social media, that's always a big deal. You know, we have lots of opinions about that and what we should and shouldn't post and all those different things. But what do you do to help promote Brad and what platforms do you use? And just tell me, like, is it before the race, after the race, during the race? What do you do? Well, I try to do it all before, during, and after. Try to make sure that people, the fans can see the um, what goes on behind the scenes, like, you know, working late night in the garage, um, during the the cars going through the tech, anything that I can get. The one thing I found with the social media pages, the fans love it. Mm -hmm. You know, we got the, the Facebook account, the Twitter, and the Instagram. And so we just, we try to, I try to get as much as I can in, but not overload either at the same time. Yeah. Just let everybody know also how much, you know, that the fans mean to us yeah. because if it wasn't for them, you know, commenting, liking, sharing the post, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have the social media stand, you know, that we got now. Right. And just like now we're doing the, um, for our veterans in Dundee, um, we're doing a for their building fund. We got a got a thing going, you know, for donations for them because they're desperate need of um, their parking lot done and their whole building redone. <laughs> yeah. So we're really trying to help them out, and you know, if they're you know like with like Brad was saying with James Hilton and the Hall of Fame, we try to get you know 
as much information to our fans on that one. But it's I didn't realize when I when I Brad asked me to to help him out with that that there's actually a lot more work to it than it seems. <laughs> <laughs> and the pay didn't go up, did it? <laughs> no, it's pretty it's fun to do it. And there's a you know, Brad's great to work with. He's very patient, which is really nice. And we, I get a lot of help from, you know, from the guys in the, you know, on the team, you know, they'll send me pictures to the tracks that I'm not at, or, yeah, you know, there's some people say, you know, if, you know, if doing the hashtags and the different stuff, a lot of people have pitched in and helped, which has been really nice. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And do you try to go to a lot of the races or? I try to. Um, I try to hit as many as I as I can. So, which, you know, I one thing I do like is being at the track. <laughs> but, yeah. you know. Yeah. And it's, it's, a, it's a lot easier. A job. It, it can, oh, it's absolutely a full-time job. I mean, right. it could be. Yes. And it's it's so much more fun when you're at the track because you can get some of those pictures, like you said, from behind the scenes and things that are little videos and stuff for people, you know, those are my favorite things to watch. I mean, I've seen millions of laps of racing in my mm -hmm. short <laughs> 67 years. I've seen lots of racing, but you don't always get the, the view from in the pits. And, mm -hmm. you know, what goes on and, you know, I have people that they just, I mean, they're fans, but they don't really get it. What, what it takes to put that car on the track. And right. I always encourage people to pick out a driver. Maybe it's your favorite driver. Maybe it's just, just pick out a driver and say, Hey, can I come and be a volunteer on your crew? I'll just go, you know, be the food runner or whatever, but I'd like to see what goes on. And they come to the track at, you know, six or seven in the morning and they don't leave until the truck, until the car is loaded up, ready to leave that night. And they see what it takes for Brad to get his car on the track. And so many people just pay their money, come in, sit down, watch the race. Oh, you know, the four wheel front wheel drives are running last. I'm going to leave. Well, to those people, that's a big deal, that race. And so... Um, I think people need to think a little bit more about what happens behind and maybe be a little more respectful of some of the things that go on at the track. And also, you know, think once in a while, Hey, what, what could I do to help my driver? Mm -hmm. Because, um, like you said, Brad, we just next year, we don't know what's going to happen. Right. Gas could be right. $10 a gallon. Who knows what? Right. And so we, we have to encourage our fans to get a little more involved. I think than just coming to watch the race. I'd like to see them, right. you know, of course, come and support the track. We don't want any more tracks closing. That's for sure. But right. they also need to be supportive of their drivers Buy a t-shirt, buy a sweatshirt, whatever it might be. Yep. We did have sorry, Brett. No, no, you go ahead. Go, go ahead, ahead, Jamie. You were saying that we did have, and I can't remember his name, and I feel really bad. Um, he's a fan. He was at one of the tracks and 
he actually he asked and he he stayed with us all day helping us out on uh, you know loading the getting the tires off putting them on loading them all up and everything and by by the time he was done he was like okay yeah there's a lot more involved in it but he was, yeah. he was so excited and i think he went to pocono didn't he because i can't yeah. remember yeah he went to a couple of them yep okay yeah. But it is, it is fun to watch the fans when when we're able to have them down there to once in a while, you know, because they do. They get a full view of what exactly yeah. happens at the track. Yeah. And that's a big deal for them. Yeah. That's it, a big it, deal it, for a fan to get to yeah, come and, and do and, that. And to your point, Melinda, a lot of people on our team started out as a food chaser for a day. You know, they, yeah. they contact us. They said, hey, you need help with the track. You know, I'll come. I'll, you know, I'll bring some couple bags of McDonald's and, you know, we can always use someone to help us push the car. But once yeah. they get to the track and they see that it's not all technical, a lot of that stuff that yeah. we do is grunt work, you know, pushing the car. Through the track, you don't have to be a specialist to push a race car. Somebody yeah. has to go fetch the gasoline, you know, from down at the gas pumps that at big tracks it can be yeah. a, almost a mile walk to them. But then as they show up and they help a little bit, they learn the process, they eventually learn what has to be done and, and we don't have to tell them anymore, yeah. you know, and they just come in and then they just evolve into a, a part of the team, you know, and uh, yeah, we're great. Absolutely. Because I tell you, it does get in your blood, doesn't it? Oh, it I does. mean, it, yeah. it just does. And yep. when you say that to people who maybe are football fans or, baseball fans. Okay. But they don't get the opportunities to jump in and help like right. motorsports fans. And right. it's just, and you know, they start coming, like you said, and they show up maybe not every week, but when they show up, they jump right in, they know what to do. And the family atmosphere is my favorite thing about motorsports. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and we have a good time. We joke around with each other too. I mean, it's not all just hard work. It's you know, there's right. plenty of horsing around and sure. making fun of each other a little bit and things like we that. Would uh, never do that. It's what we would never do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you better because it has to be fun. Yeah. Oh, no, I had somebody tell me one time, when it stops being fun, you need to stop racing. Yes, yeah, it much. has to be fun. Right. And I mean, not every night is fun. Some nights right. that car does not go home in the shape that it came to the track in. Right. But um, you still have to, in the long run, the good outweighs the bad or you wouldn't keep going back for sure. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah once you get that competitive spirit in your blood, you learn to start doing what it takes to get the car done into the track and as competitive as you can be. And, you know, you keep coming back and, you know, we all know we're going to blow motors. We're going to cut tires. We're going to end up in the wall every once right. in a while. And, you know, that that's just the business. So yeah. you either you either get it in your blood or, you know, you might as well find another sport. Yeah. So I hate to even ask this, but have you ever had any kind of bad accident in your car, a bad wreck? Or have you been pretty lucky? I've been pretty lucky. Um the only, you know, the only bad wreck I ever had, I had two of them at Talladega. Um, one, we hit the wall uh, when we were involved in an accident and the throttle stuck wide open. 
and you know there was nothing we could do to, yeah. to shut the engine off and we hit the wall going probably 180 190 miles an hour that was the worst one and we had another one about 10 years before that where a fuel line didn't get tightened so you know mm. the car caught on fire during qualifying and wow you know, when you're just sitting in a ball of flames, you can't wait to get out of there. So, yeah, no kidding. Yeah. So, but we've been pretty lucky as far as not having, you know, I've, I've not missed hardly any time at work because of racing accidents. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, that's we, good. we've been lucky considering how many races we've been in. We've been lucky. Yeah. I was thinking that in in that many years, you've, you've put in a lot of laps. And so I, I figured there had to be some kind of, um, you know, incident at some point along the line, because nobody gets away scot-free, that's for sure. Right, right. Yeah, well, when you're up there racing, a lot of it's fate, you know. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, wrecking is almost never your own fault. You're driving into wow. somebody else's oil, somebody else's blown yeah. motor, somebody else's spinning, and you can't avoid them. Um, you know, it, it, and you, you have to accept that fact, too, that, hey, this Things are going to happen and, you, right. you know, you just pick up the pieces, fix the car and come back. Exactly. So, you know, um, you were talking about your mentor, the reason you race still. Mm -hmm. Have you been a mentor or are you a mentor or role model for anyone that's maybe younger than you or or has come along behind you? Not Yes and no. I mean, we mentor anybody who's new in ARCA. A lot of times they'll come to us and say, hey, give me some advice. You know, what does it take to stay in here for a long time? And, and we'll help them as much as we can. Um, the, a lot of drivers thank us profusely when they first get into ARCA and then they get a season under, they, under their belt and they're turning lap times 20% faster than they were when they started. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, just kind of the survival, and I don't mean surviving as a race team, right? a lot of that stuff, when you can help people do that, uh, you know, and, and they've been, and they're going to come back to ARCA again the next year. We've mentored a lot of those. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it feels good. It feels good to watch them come back, be successful, it's, you know, especially if they're a low budget team like us and they're able to hang in there. And then that gives us somebody to work with, too, because a lot of us budget teams will share used tires, will share used parts, um, mm -hmm. constantly borrowing stuff from each other at the tracks. Yeah. And uh, that's a good feeling. It really is. Yeah, it is. And and at some point, you know, you're going to stop racing for whatever reason it might be, but you'll still have all those memories of Hey, I help, you know, you might see somebody racing in the truck series or the Xfinity series and say, Hey, I remember when they started in ARCA. Because a lot right. of them move up from ARCA. I, I, you know, and you can say, Hey, remember when we helped so and so and now they're racing Cup series or whatever. And that has to make you feel good right. as well. Yeah. And this year we had an instance where uh, a guy I raced with in ARCA, you know, 20 years ago. He's trying to get his son in it, and him and his son were helping me quite a bit in the off season before this last season started. And we put him in the car at Milwaukee, and he did a fantastic job. I mean, he's a good driver. You know, he he runs the a lot of the uh, short track stuff in uh, Wisconsin. Okay. Uh, he jumped in the car for us, and he did everything 
perfectly as far as I'm concerned. He protected the car, protected the engine. He didn't do anything foolish. I mean, he just went out there and ran a great, clean race. Yeah. I wish there was more we could do for him, you know, but we, we can barely keep our own team going. Yeah. But watching someone like him get in there and, and giving him the opportunity, that felt good for us after the race, you know. Yeah. And I think and you know what? You never know who might have seen him yeah. race that day. That's yep. the thing. You gave him the opportunity to drive your car. Yep. And and that's what you were able to do. But right. we don't know who saw him that day or who, you know, and it, you may not know that for a while. You know, it might be, hey, right. remember that kid? Or maybe he'll get a chance to, to race there again. And, and so it's right. all about getting being known, getting your name out there and, yep. and stuff, especially for the young ones. Um, yep. So and how has racing changed since the first year you got started? Well, when we first started, they, they might have 70 cars show up for a 40 car field at, at the, at the big tracks. So a lot of the races we went to the first five years or so that we raced, we didn't even make the field, you know, we, we didn't get in because a lot of these were, uh, you know, teams from North and South Carolina, you know, where a lot of that racing, you know, the racing businesses at its prime, so to speak. And there's a lot of crew people who wanted to break into racing and they could buy cars down there, you know, reasonably priced. So it was tough even getting in the field. Um, now it's more, the, the, the money factor has gotten a lot more prominent. Um, you know, now, unless you have a big hauler uh, and, and crew members, it, it's hard to survive in racing, at least at the ARCA level, because, you know, you have a, you're only at the track for a day now. You know, we typically get there in the morning, we unload, we go through tech, we practice, we qualify, and we race that night. Mm -hmm. Back when I first got in, a lot of those races were two and three day deals yeah so you know you, you you have to roll off the truck ready to go now right and that takes money you know yeah um and now it, it seems like yeah there's you're either a super team or you're a back marker you know there's no there's no second class so to speak or no yeah. middle class in racing anymore yeah uh you know and, and that's reflected in the car counts you know, right. our, we've only been getting, say, 25 cars for what used to be a 40-car field. Yeah. So that has changed. But a lot of things have stayed the same, too. You know, the competition stayed the same. The fan base has, has stayed very loyal to racing. Uh, the teams still help each other quite a bit. Um, I, you know, the biggest change has been the money and what it takes to get there and survive. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah for sure. Yep. Well, I don't have really any more questions, but I am I, I do have one that I usually finish with. So Jamie, what have I not talked to you about or asked you about that you would like to share about what you do to help Brad and his team? I do whatever Brad asked me to do. <laughs> and she's not okay, learning. so explain that a little more. Well, if if he needs some, you know, if I can, if he needs some help out at the shop, if that just um, bring him food, you know, you know, bring him, you know, bring him some dinner. If it's, you know, if 
if he needs um you know an extra hand somewhere i'll help him out if he needs help you know getting stuff organized if i can make if i can get out there i'll do what i can to help him like i said it, it i'm i'm just to me i'm just happy the fact that brad was willing to take somebody on that had no clue what she was doing no clue what a race car was until i got into the shop and like i said him and his brother jeff have you know taught me more than than anything so like I said, anything that he ever needs done you know if i can do it he knows that all he has to do is ask yeah <laughs> that's yeah, the kind of people you want on your team for sure yeah well jamie's my go-to person you know a, a lot of guys on the team only want to work on the car some only maybe want to do sponsorship. Jamie does whatever I ask her to. Um, you know, being the girl on the team, she's the smallest person. So anytime there's a, I don't know what I should call it, a junk job, like crawl inside the race car and clean it. We send yeah. Jamie in there with a, a, a bottle of cleaner and a roll of paper towels. And three hours later, she'll come out, you know, <laughs> uh, she doesn't complain. Yeah. Uh, and she wants to learn, you know, a lot of times, you know, if, if she's not overly busy, she'll watch what my brother and I are doing on the race car and have us explain it a little bit. So she starts understanding, you know, front end geometry, you know, the way the car travels and what we're trying to get it to do. And that's why when you ask if there's a place in motorsports motor for women, they're just as valuable on a race team as guys are because you can learn this stuff just like a guy can. Right. You know, it, it's not it's not a muscle sport, so to speak. Yeah, um, it's a technical sport and women can learn the technical aspect of it just as much as guys do. So, you know, yeah. and, 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 and sometimes it's it's in your head, too, you know, mm -hmm. like uh, it's a mental sport, too, because yes. you can talk yourself into losing real quick. And, you know, and so that part of it and being organized, being able to do several things at a time. And, you know, like for Jamie, like you said, if you need parts, you got to have her run and get things. If right. you had to stop what you were doing and go do that, you're losing so much time working on the car. Right. And maybe they don't always realize how valuable that is to right. you guys when you're working on the car. So, yeah, Jamie, well, you, good job. You, yeah. Even at the shop. I mean, Jamie does more than anybody to try and get it organized and keep it organized. Uh, you know, sometimes we give her some real BS jobs. Like the other day, we just had her writing spring rates with a paint marker on the different springs we have. We probably got 200 springs laying around the shop and she doesn't complain. She does it. She know, you know, we tell her why we're doing it. And yeah, that's all she needs. You know, she, right. she understands and she's a quick learner. So we're, yeah. we're, we're very we're happy blessed. with us. Yeah, well, you're blessed you. to have her. I, I enjoy learning it and anything that I'm doing, I'm learning at the same time. Yeah. So it, it's a win for me too, though. Cause I get to, I get to learn all the ins and outs and, mm -hmm. and every year, I think I remember each year a little bit more each time. Yeah. Yep. And, and um, then, you know, that helps you too with your PR part because you're learning things that go on behind the scenes. And so you're now able to share more of that with right. the fans yep. and so the more you learn and and understand what they're doing and why then you're able to share that and then the fans understand which is that's a bonus you know 
Right. Oh, it definitely. Do, it does help when they're, you know, get if, if messages and asking different questions. You know, a lot yeah. of it I can go back and kind of look at different things that was written down or something. And yeah. it's like, oh, yeah, that's why that was, you know, <laughs> you know, or that's awesome. Or yeah. I like text Brad and say, uh, what does this mean? <laughs> I, mean <laughs> I was willing to answer me. <laughs> that's awesome. But but even the PR stuff like Jamie's doing now, you know, when, when we suddenly found ourselves without a PR person and I went to Jamie and I said, hey, I, I kind of need you to do this. And she said, I don't know hardly anything about it. I've never done it. And all I told her was, well, neither did I or neither do I. And one of us has to do it and I don't have time to do it. So she said, OK, I'll give it my best shot. And she's done very well at it. So, yeah. you know, it, it's just, you know, and, and you know her as a PR person, but that's not how she started out on the yeah. team. So, yeah, she just did very well, did what we needed her to do. Well, and that's what it takes on a team is to everybody just jump in and do what needs to be done. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, thank you guys for being on the show with me. Um I really enjoyed getting to meet you face to face. I'll have to come to the pits when Ark is back at Berlin because that's usually where I go to watch that series. And so um, now that you're there, I know one more driver in the mm -hmm. Arca series. I know all the girls that ran. I know all of them and okay. have known several of them for quite a while. So that was kind of fun this year to, to be able to keep track of those ladies. Yeah. So. Yeah. And they've done well. They've they done have. Really well. They did. So, so. yeah, before Berlin, get with Jamie and okay. we'll get you on our, our on our garage list. Okay. Come in the pits with us and we'll let awesome. you do whatever you want on the car. Oh yeah. <laughs> you don't want me touching the car. I'll help Jamie with the social media. <laughs> oh, if you want me touch the car, trust me. You can do <laughs> 10 times better. <laughs> That's there you fun. Go. Yeah. Well, we, thank you guys again for, for being on. I really appreciate it. And um, I'm going to end the recording with a, with a big thank you, but don't, don't hang up on me because I've got a couple things for you when we're done recording, but um, I, you know, the season's over. And so I know you'll be taking a little bit of a break, I hope, and then it'll be time to start working on that car again. So enjoy at least a little bit of your time off. And uh, and we'll keep following you. Let why don't you before you leave, Jamie, tell us how to follow Brad on is it Facebook? Where are you and what's the what's the handle? Well, Facebook is driver Brad Smith 48, Instagram and what was X now? X, yeah. Twitter, <laughs> Twitter is, is X. Is driver Brad Smith. Okay. All right. So we can follow along and see what you're up to. And then when the racing season starts, we'll be able to see um, where you're going to be. You can also probably Google the ARCA schedule and that'll tell us where he's going to be as well. But um, we like to follow our friends on social media. So the pressure's on, Jamie. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, thank you, guys. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Therafina Safety Apparel protects women better. They offer superior, leading-edge protective apparel for women who refuse to settle for what has been and accept the status quo. Their goal is to provide the customers with relevant products and the assurance 
that the total body protection system provides extra time to escape the dangers of on-the-job hazards. Serafina Safety Apparel offers premium, next-generation flame-resistant apparel that is disrupting what has been and revolutionizing what's next for women working in industrial, military, fire service, motorsports, and more. To learn more, give Kelly a call at 1-800-946-0897. That's Serafina Safety Apparel at 800-946-0897. Thank you for listening to the Women's Motorsports Network podcast. Subscribe to my show and follow me on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. If you or someone you know would like to be featured in the Women's Motorsports Network news online magazine, this podcast, or Let's Talk Racing Live, my social media show, contact me via messenger on Facebook at Melinda Russell, or send me an email at Women's Motorsports Network at gmail.com.